Hi everyone, welcome back. To, whoop, oh, okay, hi everyone, welcome back. Today we have the pleasure and honor to receive Dr. Javaid. Dr. Javaid, welcome and thank you for taking the time to wake up so early to come be, to be with us. Uh, uh, wouldn't be different if, different if uh, wasn't the case with this pandemic. I would already be in my clinic around the same time, so it doesn't make much difference. I'm up. I'm happy. I get a chance to talk about something I absolutely love, which is dentistry and uh, how things are. Hopefully, things will improve. So, no problem. So, can you just introduce yourself so our audience know what you do and who you are? So, my name is Dr. Mohammed Emajavi. Everybody here in Canada calls me Dr. Mo. I did my BDS, which is like BDS from Pakistan. Following completion of that, I did my primary fellowship from Pakistan, which is the training is recognized in England as well. And then I came to Canada to do my first master's at McGill Universities. Once I had done my master's at McGill University, then I did my second master's at the UBC. Following completion of that, I also did a diploma in periodontics, which is three years training residency in periodontics and implant surgery, which focuses on periodontics and implant surgery basically. Following completion of that, I did my fellowship of the Royal College of Dentistry Canada and also the I cleared the exam for the diplomat of the American Board of Periodontics. I also did additional training for the IV sedation at the University of Alberta. I have been involved in private practice for the last three years or so, focusing on periodontal and implant surgeries. I also love teaching. I had the opportunity to teach at the UBC during my residency, and I'm still involved uh, part-time teaching at the University of Alberta in the capacity of clinical assistant professor. I've taught at the undergrad level, which is DMD-DTS, and also at the residency level, which I absolutely love doing, which is basically periodontics residence at the University of Alberta. Wow, so this is where I come from. I'm going to call you Dr. Mo. I think it's cooler. But absolutely, something absolutely. Something is wrong in your math. You're way too young to have done all of those things. <laughs> oh, no, it sounds way more awesome than it really is. It's, it's <laughs> nothing. I was lucky. I was supported by my family, and I, I I'm blessed, I'm grateful, but no, it's nothing. It's It sounds way more awesome than it really is. No. And uh, I'm afraid as you talk, when you get to know me, you'll be like, oh, it doesn't look that awesome. So, <laughs> so it's, it's, so. No, but mainly we're trying to have some fun here because we have to break the ice in this uh, early morning. But absolutely, um, can you tell us how this crisis, the pandemic, has affected your practice personally? <sighs> So basically, right now, uh, things are completely shut, uh, pretty much. So I work in, right now, as we speak, I worked in different offices over, over the last three years. But right now, as we speak, I work in two major offices. One is in North Alberta. The other one is here in Regina, Saskatchewan. And pretty much the majority of offices, not just offices where I work, they're completely shut now. And the staff which was working, I, I feel for them, they have been laid off in a lot of offices. So in theory, we have what is the emergency treatment and some people go there and whatnot, which is good because that reduces the burden from the hospitals. But in reality, uh, things are almost uh, 
at a stage where everything is in terms of production revenue, what not from a dental industry point of view, everything at a standstill as well. You haven't been shut down for how long? Uh, pretty much, I would say, for the last two weeks almost. Slowly, slowly, I would say, after the first week, things started to go um, towards uh, slowly, slowly closing down, shutting down. But by the mid to 20th of March, uh, it came to a point where pretty much almost everything came to a standstill. And it's been like that for the last 10 days, I would say, if not more. And how is your, your, your patient reacting to that? So I was, I was pleasantly surprised, actually. I received probably three calls, I think, from my patients. And all they said were, was, uh, Dr. Mo, we just wanted to make sure you're doing OK. And uh, we just wanted to check up and see if you're fine and what. Like, you know, it was, it was really nice. I was not expecting my patients to give me a call wow. and ask how I was doing. So that was amazing. That was absolutely amazing. And a recognition of I, I, the work you're doing every day. Eh? I don't know. No, I, I'm lucky. I think I'm fortunate. My patients are some of the best people. Um, it's a privilege to be involved in the management of their health. I, I find myself very fortunate in that regard. But it was amazing. It was a very surreal feeling. And some patients, for example, I received a call from another patient where a guy asked me, about sutures, like you know, but fortunately, I think in an individual's capacity, I've been lucky in that sense that fortunately I've not had issues. People who have called me about the last, if everything is good, you think okay, which was amazing in general, in my opinion. People in North Alberta, people in Virginia, they're awesome people. So uh, didn't have many issues with that uh, that sense. The other second good thing was from an office policy sense. Or an office policy perspective, I think our office did really well. We called in, called the patients, we explained the situation, gave the telephone numbers of the dentist. So as an office, I think we did really well, both here where I work in Virginia and Alberta as well. Patients are patients were happy, they understood the problem and uh, they're completely on board with this. And you have two hats. You that's your hat as a periodontist, but how about you had as a teacher? How this crisis affect your, your work as a teacher, but also your students? I, I feel for the students, actually. I really feel, because if you think about it, in a lot of, in a lot of programs, for example, if you're involved in a degree related to, let's say, education or public health, or let's say, certain type of engineering as well, you can do a lot of stuff which is online, which is good, which is amazing. And you can do a lot of stuff in dentistry related to preclinical studies. But the reality is, if you're in a residency or if you're doing, if you're in a final year, you want to get in, you want to do your surgeries, you want to do your clinical work, you want to do food and whatnot. So this pretty much delays everything. And I do feel for the students because it's not just that we are almost like at a standstill. Reality is, realistically, even hopefully when we go back to things, things will not be normal, normal 
maybe for another four months, three months. So this may lead to a situation where things would be less than optimal from a student's perspective in terms of gaining experience and clinical skills for another six, seven, eight months, maybe. And that would be at best, I think. Anything less than that would be a jackpot, but that's that's very unfortunate. So I really feel for the students, and not just in that regard. Given my own experience, I came from another country. I came from Pakistan, and I lived here. The economic impact of a, a student, let's say, who's been supported by a family, which are, which are doing all the best that they can to support their child, they their or their revenue would be lost because of this pandemic, then they have to send the money to the child knowing fully that this short while, hopefully it's a short while, would be an extra burden because five, six, seven, eight months would be needed extra for the student to graduate. So in a lot of aspects, then the visa issues for a lot of students because they're uh, when you get the visa, for example, you've come to Canada or US, they give you a visa, let's say for two years, and you as a student are expecting, okay, I'll graduate in half year. But now because of this thing, you may end up, you may need to finish the visa. And in, if you come from a certain country, then it's a very lengthy process. It's not an easy process. I've been through it, so I know it. So not just from graduation, from logistics, from economic point of view, it's it's not optimal actually for this and now we're talking about the future and i i'm, I'm asking is that mean that the university of edmonton has officially accepted the fact that some students will not graduate this year or is it just that we right now still not knowing not sure what was coming nobody I, I think the reality is nobody's hundred percent at this stage i'll give you an example if you look at Let's take an example, a simple example. I was reading the news in the morning today. I was looking at the CNN as well. The unemployment in US is more than 6.6 .6 million as we speak. Now the economists, they were expecting the number to be around 3.5. So it's almost double that. Nobody expected that. I'll give you another number. So if you think about it, the number of cases for example in us were about 100000 i think march 27th by march 30th it was over 150000 doubled in 3 days so the point is the way the end and the worst part is that we are still not sure we are actually if you if you listen to a lot of people they say we've still not peaked in north america which is the scary thing so right now, initially, everybody was saying, okay, you know what, we'll be back in a month, two months. But right now, people are more skeptical. So everybody's just pulled the horses back, thinking we don't know. Hopefully, things will be normal or new normal by June or July, worst case scenario, August. But nobody's really certain. Nobody's really certain. Are the students still following classes online or everything has been shut yes, down? Yes, online, yeah. For a lot of I know. I was talking with my with my colleague. She's the co-director, I think, if I'm not mistaken, um, of the program. And we were talking about it. Yes. The university, not just the University of Alberta, 
a lot of universities because I was checking out uh, last night. They've taken the measures that they could and they're doing the best thing that they possibly can uh, given the circumstances. But it's still going to be very difficult. It's going to be very challenging. Let me uh, take this opportunity to share with you what I discussed with Dr. Thomas Nguyen from Harvard. He has yes, a problem and he's a periodontist too, so I think you, you will get along. He's uh, my class fellow, actually. Thomas is my class fellow. We were exchanging, and um, the idea here is we all know that if things can get, get resumed by May 1st, and that's a big if, um, yep. most dentists will not have a, a full schedule because most people will have yep. to catch up on what's lost. So we know that in dental field, this is just the beginning of the bad news. But since yep. we were talking about this is the best time for us to, to, to reinvent ourselves and maybe to rethink the way that we are, we are practicing and also seeing our, our profession. Um, we're saying that how about we give, which we, and we talk about all dentists throughout the world, give the city uh, a hand. Since you have students that can't study but cannot graduate just for the fact that they haven't finished the quarters and the, the cases, and we have offices and some free time on our hand. Also, I spoke with another uh, committee leader, Dr. Eric Lacoste, and he said that he's more worried about the people he helps in philanthropy than what he's, he's been losing. Because I'll be fine now, I'll get out of it. But since we're gonna have offices and in Canada, we're gonna have to be subsidized to keep employees uh, on a payroll, we're gonna have some free time, then you should, I think, take care of the future so because all, all the graduates this year, there's a whole promotion of graduate, uh, graduate that needs some kind of help. Yep. And if we can open our heart to say that, okay, for the time that I'm there, I know I won't make money, but instead of just wasting my time, I open my doors to those the most in need or to those who have contributed the most to this crisis, just to say thank you. That might be a sol- not a solution, but I think some piece of the puzzle that start making sense. I'm just bringing up the idea, and hopefully that will make a, its way to the top. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. I think that's a very good idea, and I, I think, I've I've been looking at some of the websites. I've been looking at some of the work that people are doing, including yourself. I saw your video, and I absolutely loved it. People are trying to contribute to the best of their ability. We've been limited. The problem is, if you, if you will. The problem with this particular virus is that the cure of this virus is in something which pretty much negatively affects a lot of other things which have already been negatively affected. So, for example, when we say physical distance, that limits our capability to actually teach somebody the way we would want to. So, when we do the online lectures or webinars, what it does help, helps explain the concept, which is amazing, which is absolutely necessary. But the skill point, point, especially in the higher classes, is going to be more challenging. So it's a step in the right direction. But, uh, and I think that's unfortunately, that's probably one of the major, thing, major things that we can do at this point in time. There's not much, unfortunately, we can do. And I was talking with a couple of dentists, not just a couple, I've read the, uh, a few threads as well. The common theme was a lot of dentists, a lot of specialists, they feel helpless in the sense that they want to help, they want to contribute, they feel that they come from the same fabric, they 
come from the uh, same uh, when it comes to being associated with you with with the health the medical profession but they're not able to really contribute given the social distancing that is uh, needed at this point in time so webinars online lectures and everything i think that's that's the best that we can do probably third dr Mo, i think that uh, and i said that on one of my videos i think that right now ha mo most of the population have been put on pause and we have very good people fighting an invisible an invisible enemy at the front but since we are here in the in the back i think it's a duty to think ahead of what's coming since they're the rest of them are busy fighting for us uh, and that's why I, why I'm I'm raising this question. That's also why you you come and join us this early in the morning. <laughs> no, no, I appreciate. You know, one thing I would like to add. I would like to add. I've been thinking about it, especially I was thinking about it last night. And what I'll try to do is, like, is is to project or give false hopes. However, I would also like to look at what happened in the past. And if you look at in the past, for example, if you look at the recession in 2008-9, which wasn't fun time, from a dentist's point of view, it was not as bad as compared to, let's say, a lot of other businesses. So I feel it's not the best. And like we touched this aspect that, you know, even if we start in May, June, or July, we don't expect to run full schedules. But still, I think generally, for the majority of us, we are still more blessed to be in a position that it's much, much, much better than most people. So, and the other thing is, if you look at, for example, just if, if I could touch briefly, um, the other thing with dentistry is, thought for, but I feel bad for small businesses. If you think about it, if you go to a restaurant, you get a meal, or you're an Uber driver, taxi driver if that meal is not served or that ride is not taken the revenue is pretty much lost and in dentistry if the filling is not done or the wisdom tooth is not taken that still needs to be taken out of the filling still needs to be done so it's a delayed thing rather than a lost opportunity of work so in that regard it's not as bad as it could be or would be in a lot of other businesses. That's why I feel more of them compared to that day. Based on the people, and I'll take just a minute to talk about it, based on the minute that I've changed with, and I've been had the fortune to talk with a lot of very smart thinker, um, that is will never be the same because uh, after this, we're going to have to upgrade most of our offices to comply to the new regulation. Uh, aerosol and everything else is going to be much more expensive to uh, to practice and our fees already uh, through the roof if we we listen to our patients and we are small businesses they, they, they're thinking that 25 percent of small businesses might disappear after this crisis our industry in canada it's made of about 85 percent of small businesses so the crisis is throughout the board and you said you mentioned recession it's the first time that we have a worldwide recession touching everybody at the same, at, all at once. Usually, it's yeah, you have some time to act. Now, all we have is a month to think, and that will be That's it. True. <laughs> That's true. And the problem is that is true. If you if you really think about it, the the worrisome thing is right now we are focused 
almost everybody, when I see we are focused, that means pretty much globally, everybody is focusing on trying to save lives, which is the most important stuff. True. However, so we are as a as a community, as a, as people, we are in survival mode. But hopefully, normaling all goes well when things become stable. Let's say three, four months down the road, and we have passed. The curve is flattened. People are happy that okay, thank God it's done. At that stage, the curve of the pandemic, let's say, it's flattened. The economic curve, the problem with the economy, would start to rise because there would be accumulation of debt, accumulation of payments that would need to be done. And the government, if you look at, for example, Canada, uh, just uh, a few days ago, there were about over two million. Uh, people had filed for employment insurance. And if the government is going, the government is trying to do the best that they can. But if they are going to pay $2,000 per person, the number is just staggering. So if you calculate things, it goes to about $2 billion, roughly about around there per month or something like that, which is insane. Meaning in the next coming months, it's going to be very challenging from an economic standpoint. Right now, we are in a health crisis. The economy is important, but in the next few months, the, the economic problem will may become a ginormous once we realize that health uh, has been sort of taken care of. Dr. Mo, we are running out of time. If I'm, I'm, I'm asking you within a minute to give us a message of hope to close this, what would be? What would that be? The good thing is, if you look at the population in general, regardless if it's US, it's Canada, it's China, people in the world have come together. We are faced with a problem which is uh, causing havoc uh, at a global level, which has made all the nations come together, which is amazing, it's unprecedented. So although we are in a situation which is very dire, which is not good, and it's unprecedented, but similarly, the response has also been amazing. I was amazed by, for example, people of Alberta. The economy has been hit back like probably never before. And yet, the medical people told the people of Alberta that we supplies because the Albertans came up and they just packed things up. And they, despite not having a lot at home, they were sharing. So this is, this is amazing. The, the good side of humanity has shown up, which is awesome. And if we stick together, I think it's just another crisis. People, when they came together, they were they were able to overcome the Spanish flu, and they were able they were able to overcome pretty much other problems in the past. And I think we come together pretty much overcome this one. The wisdom of Dr. Javed, think of it. keep your mind keep your heart open. And that would just be another crisis. Dr. Javid, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, keep your hopes up, keep your positivity up. And I think that this would just be another crisis. <laughs> I am super grateful. And I hope, wish, and pray that's what we get, not more than that. Thank you so much.